I want to invite your attention this morning to the book of Titus. It's a small book. You'll find it toward the back of the Bible. The book of Titus, we're going to look at chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. As we think about what to leave behind, as we look forward to the new year, some of you are uh, working on your resolutions. What are you going to accomplish in the coming year? You're setting goals. You're making plans. And as you look forward with all those plans and dreams and goals and resolutions, I want to encourage you this morning to take just a few minutes to look back as well and to decide what you need to leave behind. Many of us experienced many things in 2019 that are best left behind us. And I want us to think together scripturally about some of the things that we need to leave behind as we move forward. All right? To help us with that, we're in the book of Titus, chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Verse 11 is a Christmas verse. We almost never hear it at Christmas, but it is a Christmas verse. You see, it is the grace of God which has appeared. That word appeared means to be made manifest. In other words, it is to be made observable. We could see it. So God's grace became something that we could see when God the Son took on humanity and appeared as a baby boy. And so this is good news, for the grace of God has appeared. And when the grace of God appeared, what happened? Bringing salvation for all people. Now, that preposition is important. Bringing salvation for all people. It doesn't say to all people. Just because Jesus was born, just because he died, just because he came back to life does not mean that everyone experiences salvation. He did not bring salvation to everyone. He did, however, bring salvation for everyone. Now, all we have to do is accept that free gift of grace, accept what he's done for us, and begin to live for him thereby becoming part of his kingdom and experiencing that salvation. And so it's a beautiful Christmas verse that we begin with. The grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. But Jesus' coming is not just about our salvation. It's not just about making sure that we have our fire insurance and don't have to go to hell. There's more to Christianity. There's more to the Christian life. There's more to the reason Jesus came. The grace of God appeared, bringing salvation for all people, comma, not period. The sentence continues into verse 12, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. You see, there's a, another part of the Christian life, and that's what we call discipleship. Yes, it begins with salvation. 
It begins when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, we are born again, a new life. And, and that is the beginning of our Christian walk, to use one of Paul's terms. And, but it is only the beginning. You see, once we have accepted Christ, we, we receive his salvation, then he begins the process of training us to be more like him. It's, it's a process that we call sanctification. That's a big word that really just means discipleship. It means learning from Jesus how to be like Jesus. That is the essence of the Christian life. And the reason I want to stress that to you this morning is that because of our evangelical background, we too often emphasize you need to get saved, you need to accept Jesus, and we leave out the fact that that is the beginning, not the end. Yes, you need to accept Christ. Yes, you need to get saved. Yes, you need to make sure you're going to live with him forever instead of die in hell. Absolutely. But he says, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't just come to make sure we were saved. He came to make sure we were saved and that we lived an abundant life while we were here. How many of you know that eternal life has already begun? We talk about eternal life as if that's something that's going to be up in heaven later on. Hey, if you're alive, you're experiencing life, you have already begun eternal life. It starts here and it continues there. We need to be sure that we're not separating the fact that we live on this earth with, what, with life in heaven in this way. Once we accept Christ, it's too easy for us to say, okay, I checked that off. Now I'm done. I just have to bide my time until I finally get to eternal life in heaven. That's a mental mistake that we often make without realizing it. Instead, we want to say, now that I've accepted Christ, I have stepped up to the starting line, and now I am running my race faithfully throughout the rest of my life. I've already begun eternal life, and I'm going to get the most out of this life I can. Jesus said that I could have an abundant life. He said that I could have his joy in this life. He said that I would find peace that passes understanding. He said it would be a peace that wasn't like the world gives, but it was a peace that came straight from the Prince of Peace. I could experience all of these things. He said that I could not only experience love, but learn to express love. As I could experience all of these things in this life. And that's what I want for us in 2020. I want for us to find the fullness of the life that God intended us to experience. And for that to happen, there are some things that we need to leave behind. Did you see in verse 12, it says, training us to renounce. In this context, renounce means to, to leave behind, to drop it, to walk away from it. Training us to leave behind ungodliness, and worldly passions. You see, you and I both carried ungodliness and worldly passions before we came to Christ, and the reality of it is we still carry ungodliness and worldly passions because becoming like him is a process and we're not there yet. 
So our goal is to be conscious of that and to intentionally begin to lay aside that worldliness. We have to do it on purpose. We have to decide, I am going to, by God's help, renounce ungodliness, worldly passions. I'm going to set that stuff aside. Paul talked about taking the old life off as if it was a jacket. He said, take off that old life and put on a new life in Jesus. But that takes discipline. It takes work on our part, work that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, absolutely. But it does take intentionality. It takes a focus. And so in verse 11, we learn that God's grace appeared, bringing salvation for all. And then we learn that part of that salvation is, is the continuing action of saving us from ourselves, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And then what? The last part of verse 12. Then what happens? To live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. And so he talks about the past. God's grace did appear in the past. And then he talks about the present. He says, because God's grace appeared in the past, you know that he is now in the process of training you to leave the past life stuff in the past. He's training you to live a new kind of life in which you Leave some of that stuff behind. That's the present. See, he says, in this present age. But then he talks about the future. Past, present, and future. He covers time for us. Verse 13 is the future, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, God's grace appeared in the past. He is now in the process, those of us who accepted that salvation, he is in the process of helping us to learn to leave our old junk behind and live self-controlled lives for his glory because now we can look forward to in the future that day when he's gonna come back and appear again, this time in all his glory. That is, in essence, a picture of the Christian life. It summarized the entire Christian life in those few short verses. And because the emphasis in verse 12 made it so clear that we are to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, that we're to leave some stuff behind, I want us to spend the time we have remaining thinking about what are some of those things that we want to leave behind as we move into 2020. All right? And the first one that comes to mind is bad habits. We want to leave behind some of those bad habits that we developed. Now, usually bad habits are not intentional decisions. Usually bad habits are, they just kind of form over time. We weren't paying attention. We kind of, we kind of indulged. Uh, 
We gave in to some of the worldly passions. We gave in to some of the ungodliness. We didn't pay attention to what was healthy. We just kind of let things happen. And because things just kind of happen over time, we wake up one day and we've got these bad habits. Psychologists have, have done a lot of studies and, and there's pretty, pretty good agreement that habits take about a month to form. Bad habits take about a month to break. Takes about a month to start good habits, just takes about a month to break bad ones. And so I, I want to encourage us to begin thinking already how can we leave behind some of those bad habits that they formed kind of without us paying attention. But in order for us to break them, we're going to have to pay attention and make it very intentional. We're going to have to figure out ways to leave those habits behind. Second Peter helps us a little bit here. In Second Peter, at verse 2, it says, Whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. Look at that. Whatever overcomes a person, whatever habit now controls you, and if it doesn't control you, it's not a habit. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. And Jesus said, I've come that you might be free indeed. You're free indeed. And yet we choose out of our lack of attention to, to our own lifestyle, our own choices, our own decisions, we choose to be put back into slavery. Slavery to habits. I don't want you to feel guilty and feel awful and feel down about that because that's human life, that we're, we're all there. We just need to be aware that that's where we are so that we can intentionally drop some of those bad habits, leave them in 2019, Decide we're not going to carry them into 2020. Dr. Rob Gilbert said, first we form habits, then they form us. Ouch. First we form habits, then they form us. Conquer your bad habits, he says, or they'll eventually conquer you. So I want to challenge you. One of the great things that we can leave behind in 2019, bad habits. Also, we want to leave behind us as we move forward unhealthy thoughts. We want to leave behind some of those unhealthy thoughts. Norman Vincent Peale said, Old unhealthy thoughts can block off inspiration and motivation. Dropping them releases a strong flow of power through the mind. I think Peale got some things a little bit goofy, but that he got right. He understands the power of, of unhealthy thoughts and he understands the power of positive thoughts. In Romans 12, we hear something very similar. Look, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the negativity around you control your thinking. Don't let the negativity that surrounds us control how we see life. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By being good? Be transformed by going to church? 
be transformed by what happens in your thought life. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's where transformation takes place. When you start thinking differently, you will be different. Who you are is what you think. What you think is who you are. And so because, it, because of that uh, reality that all takes place in the mind, we need to intentionally set aside some of those unhealthy thoughts. Those thoughts that make us feel like we're not worth much. Those thoughts of I can't. Those negative thoughts that control and confine us, that keep us from trying. Those negative thoughts that keep us from attempting great things. We need to leave some of those unhealthy thoughts. When we think about that family member or that neighbor that we don't really get along with, and we think negatively about them. They, they now have controlled our minds, which means they have some control over us. And quite frankly, I doubt you really want that person to have control over you. So stop thinking about that. Leave the unhealthy thoughts behind. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere until you change it. Philippians chapter 4 tells us how this works. You say, okay, John, I'll stop thinking about that. But that's so hard to do because if I tell you, do not think about a pink elephant floating in that corner. Don't think about that. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about a pink elephant floating in the corner. So how do I tell myself to stop thinking about this or that without thinking about this or that? The way it works is that you don't focus on the thing you don't want to think about anymore. Instead, you fill your mind with other things so there's no room left for the unhealthy thoughts. So what do you fill your mind with? Thank you, Paul, for helping us in Philippians. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Why? Because that fills our minds with the things that God wants us to think about so there's no room left for the stuff that he wants us to ignore. Leave the unhealthy thoughts in 2019 so we can move forward. There's something else that we want to leave behind, and that is what I've called recurring sins. I'm not really a big fan of the way I worded that because recurring almost makes it sound like it's just something that keeps happening, when in reality, it's something I keep choosing to do. But what I mean by recurring sins is those favorite sins of ours that we keep returning to that we keep going back to. Remember, Titus tells us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions so that we can live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. We have to learn to, to leave those recurring sins behind. 
Hebrews 12 says it so powerfully. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside. That's a very similar word to what we see here in verse 11, renounce. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You might train with ankle weights so that your legs get strong, but you're not going to run the race with your ankle weights on. When it's time to run the race that counts, you lay aside all the weights. You put aside all the sin that so easily entangles us. You take off the stuff that you don't need so that you can run the race and succeed. Sin keeps you from running your race. It keeps you from getting where you want to go. It keeps you from being who you are intended to be. You can leave it behind in two steps. That sin that you keep returning to, that sin that keeps controlling you, that sin that tangles you up when you try to run, you can leave it behind in two steps. One, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So it begins with confession. Confession is really just agreeing with God. God, you told me not to and I did it. God, you were right, I was wrong. I agree with you, I was wrong, confess. The second step is repentance. Repentance simply means to turn around. It means I've been going this way for so long that it just feels natural for me to keep continuing in this sin because this is the way I go. Repentance says, you know what? I don't have to go this way anymore. I choose to go the other way. When I confess, and I repent, then I can depend on the Holy Spirit to give me strength to keep going the way I'm supposed to go. I want to encourage you as we, as we move into 2020, leave the 2019 recurring sins behind. You also want to leave behind anger. Now this is hard for us because we live in a society, in a culture that is absolutely addicted to angry conflict. Anger defines us as a people today. And folks, that's, that's a sad way for a nation to live. If you look at our leaders, our national leaders on both sides and all throughout the middle. Our national leaders show us that what's important is not doing what's best for your neighbor. What's important is making sure that you win and the other guys lose. And because that's how we see life now, it trickles down into how we treat each other. 
What's important is that I somehow win and you somehow lose, and the way I'm going to make that happen is I'm going to get angry at you and force the issue. I have fretted for a long time this year especially. How can I change that? I can't change the fact that everybody's mad all the time. I want to change it. I'm a fixer. That's how I get in so much trouble most of the time because I'm trying to fix stuff. What are you nodding at? <laughs> and sometimes it wears me out and I can't do it. And you know what I just figured out? I can't fix our anger addiction, but I can fix John Crowder. And I choose and I challenge you, no matter what the others are doing, getting mad, getting angry, constant conflict. It's so bad that we're so addicted to this stuff, if we can't find something to be angry about, we'll twist the facts in order to create conflict so we can be mad. I can't fix that, but I can fix me. And I want to encourage you in 2020 to leave that anger behind. Just decide you can do what you can do for you. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. There's that similar word again to lay it aside, to put it away. The verse says to renounce it. Let all that stuff be put away from you along with all malice. As we move into 2020, can we agree that we're going to work at leaving the anger behind so we can be freed from that addiction and instead, we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. One other thing that we need to leave behind is very similar, and that's grudges. The reason I've got them separated is anger is that feeling. Grudge is more like the memory I'm going to hold on to for month after month or year after year. Once you're on my list, buddy, you're on my list. That kind of attitude, that kind of thinking. We hold on to those grudges, and beloved, there is no burden heavier than carrying a grudge. Nothing burdens us more. What I finally figured out at one point, there was a lady in town that, that was very unfair to me over and over and over and over. After the explosion, I was working harder than I've ever worked before, doing the best I could do, and the harder I worked, the harder she attacked it was, she, she put us in the media, she, uh, everything I did, she was attacking. And I hurt, I got angry. The angrier I got, the worse I felt. It affected me mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And you see the problem? My anger was only affecting me. The longer I carried that grudge, the heavier it got for me. Because that lady didn't even think one thing about it. She didn't even probably know I was upset. Carrying the grudge doesn't hurt the other person at all. 
Carrying a grudge is like hitting yourself in the nose so it bleeds and you say, I'm going to get my blood on you. I finally came to the realization that I was only hurting myself and I finally let that go. What are those grudges you've been carrying around in 2019 or longer? You're not getting back at that person. You're just hurting yourself. Let it go. (laughs) One more and we're done. Ephesians 4, uh, be kind to one another, forgive one another, don't carry grudges. One more and we're done. Failures. Anybody mess up in 2019? Sixty percent of y'all lied. You just messed up and it's still 2019. We all messed up all the time. What are you going to do about that? Keep beating yourself up. Man, I'm a failure. 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 Look what I did. Look what I messed up. I should have. I didn't. I could have. I would have. I... And the more we do that, the more our focus is behind us instead of in front of us. And the more we do that, the more it feeds the unhealthy thoughts that we're trying to get rid of. So what do you do with failure? You dig in there. You look at it carefully. You say, well, there's a lesson. There's wisdom. I'm going to take that wisdom, and I'm going to keep that, and all the rest of that stuff, I'm going to leave it behind. And then I'm going into 2020 just a little bit wiser. Just a little bit, little bit more prepared. But I'm not going to let my failures keep me from the joy that I'm facing, that I'm focused on. So I'm going to leave the failures behind. That's what Paul said. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Some of y'all need to improve your forgetters. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, then I'm ready for straining forward to what lies ahead. You're not ready to move forward until you left some of that behind. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's a picture of becoming like him. This one thing I do, forgetting my past failures, forgetting all those grudges, all that anger, forgetting all the bad habits, forgetting the unhealthy thoughts, forgetting the recurring sins, forgetting all that stuff that holds me back. I'm going to leave that in the past and I'm going to live fully in the present. I'm going to keep straining toward what lies ahead so that one of these days I'll find myself ready for the future, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. One of these days, he's going to call me upward. He's going to call me upward to that place that's prepared for me. And I just hope that one of these days when I get to get there, he's going to say, here's your reward, and you've done good. But remember, as I've told you before, you don't get to hear well done unless you well do. Leave the past in the past, live fully in the present, and move forward to a glorious future.